Hi everyone, welcome to Grena Informative Talk with Lerato and Cherise. How are you today? I'm good, how are you? Good, good. Today we'll be talking about dyslexia. Just following our previous episode where you told us about your journey with Brendan being diagnosed with dyslexia and we just thought it will be befitting for us to speak about dyslexia today and just dive into it and understand what it is, what are the signs and how it's diagnosed. And at the end of this video, we'll be telling you strategies on how you can actually uh, work with a child that has dyslexia, that is in terms of a teacher and also parents at home, right? Yes. Yes. <laughs> okay, let's dive into it. Yes. dyslexia I think this one would be befitting once again for the parent to tell us <laughs> okay I'll try my best um, dyslexia so basically it has to do with the, the brains communicating so it's it's basically a process issue in the brain that takes place and it affects reading math skills motor skills fine motor skills uh, memory this so many things that could affect there's different kinds of dyslexia as well mm. so we'll dive into that a little bit later but yeah basically just how it works in the brain and how kids mm -hmm. perceive information and what they give back mm -hmm. and the processing that takes place in, in the brain yeah 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 so basically in more um i would say in the classroom it's the learning difficulty yes. that a child could have and with their phonological awareness, uh, they are special also, right? Yes. So it's all of those things that a child would be actually having a difficulty um, progressing in their learning like other kids in the same pace because obviously because of their handwriting, their reading and their spelling, they are a bit slower than the average child in the classroom. So basically that's what dyslexia is. Yes. And also, you, you mentioned something that was so important that it's all in the brain and people would normally don't associate it with the brain and it's actually mainly on the brain because in the brain we have two hemispheres, the right and the left, yes. and they rely mostly on the right, Yes, which right. is your uh, creative imagination, all of that. And the left normally is for reading, writing, science yes. and all of that. So they are more creative beings, yes. I would say, yes. and you see their persona and their imaginations. It's quite, um, I would say, more than the other average child that can read, write, yes. and do all of that. And so Absolutely. it's more of a neurodiversity that we see in a child. And that does, that does not mean that there are any defect with them. It's just that how their brain is wired, it's quite different from an average child and yeah it, it was so interesting learning about it because then it changes your perspective yes. i remember watching a video by kayla sandman yes i think i'm saying him right uh kayla sandman he spoke about 
that it's not looking them through their eyes but looking them through their minds or their brain rather so understanding them how they think and how they process things will make us easier to understand them and also just mentioning one more thing about dyslexia is that uh, because they are they rely more of their right uh, side or right hemisphere of the yes. brain it takes longer for them to actually process a word because it's more of the right and on their frontal part of their brain so yes. it takes a bit longer for them to process it so that's what makes them different than yes. yeah yes. so it's quite very very interesting it is quite interesting and i've also i also do know that a lot of people think that it has an intellectual yes. issue but it's yes. not intellectual mm. it really is just the processing mechanism mm. within the brain mm communication from the left and right hemisphere yeah yes. yeah that's true and they do say that it does run in the family yes. sometimes you'd find that maybe out of five one out of five children actually have dyslexia yes. so sometimes in the family maybe out of five kids you would find that one child of that kid one child has dyslexia yes. in the in the family so that's another thing to look up to and yeah all right, so we also know that there is um, different kinds of dyslexia and there's also um, different severities of dyslexia, like you get low, moderate, severe dyslexia. So there are uh, three or four main types of dyslexia, which is uh, dyspraxia is one, dyscalculia and dys... Uh, Dysgraphia. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it's yes, very hard to get track of all yes. of them. Yeah. Okay. So we're going to just talk a little bit about that yeah. in detail. Mm -hmm. So we have dysgraphia, dyspraxia, and dyscalculia, which is dysgraphia. Normally, it's overlaps with dyslexia because it deals more with uh, difficulties of handwriting. Dyscalculia. It's more of mathematics and then dyspraxia is more of um, coordination, which is your gross motor and your fine motor skills. So it's quite interesting how they sometimes overlap with the same similarities in terms of difficulties. Like for instance, dysgraphia, when we look at it, that uh, a child has difficulty with handwriting. A child with dyslexia mostly would have a difficulty with handwriting and their fine motor skills, which is it's quite interesting. So maybe you could tell us your experience with Brendan and how he would deal with uh, dyslexia and dysgraphia at the same time. He's got all of them. <laughs> oh. So he struggles with everything, the reading, the writing, the maths, the um, spelling. Uh, yes, so he can't spell phonetically either. So he has all of them. So what I, he's got difficulty with, specifically on maths, there would be fractions that he struggles with, mm -hmm. decimals, place values. Place values, yes. Place values he struggles yes. with. Timetables mm. is also another big thing for yeah. dyslexics. Yeah, and uh, I, I do think also it's because that it is um, more of abstract learning yeah. because there's no picture of of it, especially yes. sometimes. Yes, you I know mathematic teachers do use visuals, especially with yes. fractions, having pies, and all of that. But mm. the more intensive gates, or yes. rather, you 
you can't really have those pictures up there for them to see yes. so it's just numbers that they basically have to grasp yeah. and it, it becomes so difficult yes. for them yeah yes. and I know he's uh, he does struggle a lot with remembering mathematical mm. uh, facts so it's having to reteach facts that we've mm. already taught to remind just to re recap and go mm. remember this is the rule for this kind mm. of math method this is the rule so that's difficult for him so we have to keep going back to the mm. basics mm. every time we move up levels mm. just mm. to refresh and also there's um, when they do methods like when he does a simple addition or uh, column method yes he would write things the wrong way around. Mm -hmm. So instead of it being, it has a specific structure that yes. it needs to be yes. in. So he he gets confused with the sequence and the structure of how those mm -hmm. things are as well. Yeah. And then he loses points, unfortunately. Yeah. And thinking about that, when you mentioned that that the structure of it, it goes to how she how he would have to write, which is this. Graphia, yes. and then discalcula the numbers, yes. and then also the remembering, which is dyslexia. Yes. So it's just all yes. of of them at the same time that he would have then the difficulty of obviously mastering that certain skill yes. of that math, mathematic method that yes. he is learning. Anything sure. with a chronological, a chronological order and mm, sequencing, mm, definitely. Yeah, organizational skills, yes. and that also comes with. Um, Dys dyspraxia because yes. he has to write them in a certain way so that is he, his uh, fine yes. motor skills yes sure that's really quite interesting so all of these types are types that um, a child could have all of them at the same time like brendan or a child could have one of of them of yeah. yes of a mixture of all of them yeah, yeah. so many different types yeah this and another it's, thing is one of the things that I remember you, you, you told me was uh, their phonological awareness, especially with uh, dyslexia. It's that they struggle to blend, they struggle to decode yes. uh, words and syntax, all of that, bringing it one part, making one sentence to make yes. sense to them. And which is quite interesting because that's what you have to do with reading yes. and writing. It's very hard for them to do that. And that affects everything else. Their comprehension, their language skills, their vocabulary is very small because of it as well. And another thing that I forgot to mention was that um, with dyslexics, they read in pictures. And most of the language exists of 70% of sight words. And sight words like, for instance, could would be cause is of mm. all those words don't have pictures mm. you see mm. and when they read there's blanks in between as they read because they can't see the picture of sight words so there are luckily there are wonderful programs that you could use for that which we'll also dive into a bit later mm. uh, lots of interesting stuff lying ahead but yeah there are luckily there are things that we could use and mm. tools and strategies to help uh, dyslexic children yeah. with reading of sight words, remembering sight words. That's another mm -hmm. thing that affects their memory because mm -hmm. if they don't have an image, it doesn't go into their memory banks is what I like to call it. <laughs> we, Brendan and I often call it memory banks. It goes into our memory banks. Yeah. Yeah. Or it doesn't go into our memory bank. So yeah. yes.
Sure, that's really quite interesting. It's all of the things that uh, makes us understand them even the better with how we should be dealing with that. Yes. Okay. A lot of questions come up with diagnosis. There's where to go, who diagnoses, and how do we diagnose dyslexic, even adults and children. So the best thing to do is to, it depends on the region as well, but mainly it would be an education psychologist mm. specifically that has experiences with dyslexic children because there are who don't have experiences, but so preferably someone who has had experiences with dyslexics. Um, and usually there would be a team, sometimes there would be a team of neuropsychologists and speech and language mm specialists that also help with the diagnosis but it's mainly an educational psychologist yeah. specifically with um, experiences with dyslexic so with uh, educational psychologists they have specific uh, programs that they use to diagnose dyslexics and it is uh, it specifically has four components that it looks at when diagnosing it's phonological awareness uh, decoding really flu reading fluency and comprehension. So those are the things they test when testing for dyslexia. Yeah, sure. So luckily there is a lot of tools that we could use nowadays with all the technology we have for dyslexics to help them in classroom, at home. There's, there's so many things. There's lots of resources, lots of equipment and tools that they could use yeah, to yeah. enhance their learning. Yeah, especially with teachers um, in the classroom. One of the strategies that I like personally is the arm tapping. Yes. For instance, if they're learning a word, you could say fantastic. You can take the word fantastic. So it's fantastic. So yes. fantastic. So they're using it's more of multi-sensory. Yes. When they touch themselves, then they're able to uh, have that in their long-term memory yes. than it is when you just say fantastic yes. and they don't have even a picture, mental picture of that one. Also, have, giving them more time to read a comprehension, cutting a, a comprehension into sections whenever they are reading because they do get tired sometimes because they always have to figure out how to read yes. and understand the comprehension. So yes. giving them time. Uh, sand writing, so you can just have sand and write the word on sand. In that way, they're able to remember it because of the sensory of the sand. Uh, visual learning is quite important because that's basically visual learners, as you have mentioned earlier. Uh, spelling book, so normally pre-teach the lesson uh, vocabulary, so you just make them understand what you're going to be teaching about by knowing the key vocabulary about you're going to be teaching about them. So when they come into the lesson, they already know in hindsight what we're learning today. And whenever they hear these new words, new vocab, then they're able to catch on and understand what basically the lesson is about. And also for knowledgeable awareness and sight words, um, there is a, a number of programs using flashcards, using yes. pictures. Once again, pictures are a big thing. Mm -hmm. And I know there's a program that you used for Brendan with, yes. with phonological awareness. Yes, I do have a program. It also has an app that you could download if you buy the books. 
you can download the app for free and it actually has little games just to make it more interesting and more fun for mm. the learner and it's short basic things that they get the just of mm. so it's not a long dragged out thing because that's another thing with the dyslexic they get very tired very mm. quickly so the it needs to be bite-sized lessons to get the just of mm. the lesson in yeah uh, they do get tired very quickly yeah they do they do so you, you they also need to be stimulated yes once in a while while they're still learning because if they if you lose them you lose them like you just lose them so you have to just constantly stimulate them by maybe standing up taking them yes. outside having multi-sensory toys yes. fidget toys that's yes. another thing they could have sometimes while they're listening they could just be fidgeting on something yes. that it really helps them to concentrate yes. so yeah those are all the strategies that you can actually employ in the classroom do you have any strategies that we can give to the parents a giveaway? Well, there's many, but I'll just think of a few. Uh, timetables, I know, is a very big one that all dyslexics struggle with. And I do find this strategy has been, so far, has really worked wonders with my boy. So writing your timetables on sticky notes, one times two equals two, the whole, the whole uh, sentence mm. you write out on one sticky note so each one would get a new sticky note two times two is four mm. you know on the next sticky note and then actually sticking them on the stairs and making them jump the timetables sure. saying it out loud because the ears and the mouth needs to it all needs to work together for mm. the brain to be able to to save it in the memory bank is what mm. i'm saying so <laughs> they have to, and then they're busy as well so mm. that's the multi-century mm. that you're bringing into the learning so i have it i usually have it up and then both my children do it so they both have to jump up and down and then sometimes removing some sticky notes to make them think of what's missing so mm. they can go and collect data from their memory so that also helps the brain working mm. you know so physical activity is important mm. to get these children to be stimulated physically and then calm down which allows them to focus a bit better in class which which is a lot of the strategies i use before i do lessons sure that is so incredible and i i believe they learn even better and they they're able to understand and yes. they do feel inclusive yes. when you teach them in that way opposed to teaching them in the traditional way yes. with sheets and having to memorize everything as it, as it is but having all of those components working together to make sure that they yeah. understand what they're learning it's quite important yes. and having that extra effort as a parent as a teacher it really does make a difference because they do need an individualized education plan for them for them to succeed absolutely. and for them to progress like their peers yes wow absolutely. they wow. just have a different way of learning mm. it's figuring out each child's mm. need and individual learning strategy if yes. i can put it that way that's yeah. all it is yeah that's it's tricky it but <laughs> if you observe them mm. you'll manage to, yeah. to get it right yeah I promise that's you that. true <laughs> it's a journey but it's yes. worth taking it uh, because of their future and wanting them to progress and obviously to blossom to be their best potential. Yeah. So. All right, guys, I hope you really enjoyed our session for today as we spoke about dyslexia, strategies, and how to identify it and all of that, which will, will be helpful for you as a teacher, as a parent, and also a student. 
Please tune in next week in our next episode where we'll be looking at the Erlen syndrome and other many more uh, topics that will help us to understand our kids better and our students better. Thank you for listening. See you next week.